0: So welcome to the Early Years Mental Health Conversations podcast with me, Kate Moxley, and Kerry Payne, EYFS for me. Um, So usually when I start the podcast, I'm welcoming the people that I'm speaking to as guests. But as, as many of you will know, if you've listened to the podcast series so far... We've really evolved as we've gone along. When I started these podcasts, it was for Mental Health Awareness Week and didn't really know where it was going to go or what was going to happen with it. It was just part of the support platforms that we put together to raise awareness for Mental Health Week. So we got to a point between Kerry and I where we um, have had really nice, uh, positive, engaging feedback from people about these podcasts so we've decided between us that we want to carry them on haven't we Kerry and it's a combined it's a combined effort so it's not me welcoming Kerry to my podcast it's both of us welcoming
1: everyone because it's something we want to continue together isn't it Kerry? Yeah definitely I think it's um we've exchanged so many voice notes over the past few months actually Um, and we always come back to the same thing is that we're both invested in learning and discussing um how wellbeing is often central to every every discussion we have, even if it feels unrelated to wellbeing or mental health, it always comes back around to that and, and us as people um, and professionals. So yeah, I'm excited to be a, a co-host. Yeah, it's exciting, really exciting. And um, you know, if
0: people listen to the previous podcast, we always start with kind of how are you feeling? So um,
1: you know, how are you feeling, Kerry? um yeah I'm feeling I'm feeling good I am um, got up this morning with all that one of those mornings where you wake up with all the best intentions to do 900 tasks and um, that worked well from 7am till nine and then it all went downhill so um so I'm glad that we're doing doing this podcast this morning just to get me back on track but I'm feeling okay I'm excited um excited about some of the discussions that we're hopefully going to be engaged and involved in today um and it's always nice to to catch up with you via zoom because we usually do voice notes so it's it's nice to catch up how are you feeling yeah i'm feeling
0: um oh, i think a great word is discombobulated <laughs> don't <laughs> know where that's just come from that's how i'm feeling um, so you know i've got had issues with my dog at home she's had an accident been poorly so i've got all that going on i've got a husband working from home a daughter trying to work from home a garden being worked on and so i'm hiding in a room upstairs trying not to um you know be distracted or hear any noise um and i'm also i think kind of reeling a little bit from What's what I've experienced within the last I don't know, however many days, um, it has been regarding um, you know the death of George, George Floyd that we've talked about and been quite open and honest about, and how in turn that has um, impacted on us and our thoughts and our feelings and our views, how it's challenged us and it's been kind of uncomfortable, and I think that's important to mention, isn't it? That you know when we, we, we start these podcasts. We have been, I suppose, wearing our hearts on our sleeves. We've been vulnerable with our our personal lived experience of mental health issues and our realities of what we experience in the sector. And so I think something that you and I have, have created is this kind of safe space where we have conversations about things. And
1: it's challenged both of our thoughts and beliefs in all sorts of different ways, hasn't it? 100% 100% yeah I think um and I don't even know how we ended up voice noting each other um after after everything that happened I think it was probably possibly something unrelated and then we got onto the subject of of um, what happened to George Floyd and and I think what where we connected is that that mirror that you suddenly stand in front of and and that recognition and kind of owning not only your vulnerability but owning some of the the behaviours and mindsets and actions that we've both each shared that we've probably experienced ourselves throughout our lifetime. So it was really navigating, it was like navigating, wasn't it? like navigating what what space do we take up in this discussion and how can we open that space even further to include other voices? And I think one of the big things that we keep coming back to is that we don't want to be tokenistic. Um, We don't want to be riding a wave and then for that to pass us by. Um, and and we also coming back to that concept of like ownership of our of our own privilege and I know I've been kind of vulnerable with you the last week and shared experiences that I've had in my lifetime where I'm like did I speak up or was my own thinking not what it should be and and that it is I think the the discombobulated describes that uncomfortable feeling as well doesn't it of like (gasps) I'm in these territories that I'm not used to being in um and and i think it's i think at the moment so like another feeling that i've got is that fear that i'm going to let it go and that in two weeks time i'll suddenly be on to the next thing and i really don't want to be that person um so there's been a lot of kind of self reflection holding the mirror up um over the past week or so um and that's yeah. where we connected absolutely i think it started with a voice note
0: one of us kind of saying you know i haven't posted anything about this i want to use i want to use my voice i've got an opinion on this but it felt uncomfortable and then we had this conversation back and forth and what it then started to do for me was make me consider all sorts of different things and like you just kind of said it was that dawning it's like this dawning realization that almost i have prided myself for all of my years working with children and families and colleagues that, you know, I'm not racist, that I treat people equally, that I'm, you know, my family call me the PC police, the politically correct police. I'm insensitive to injustice, I always have been, and I always, you know, I want to stand up for what's right. And I, I, you know, I've always been like that throughout my life. But to realize that actually, I thought that that was enough. I thought that I was doing enough. And actually I wasn't and our conversations just enabled me to think and challenge some of those thoughts and beliefs but but like and and what followed that was I wrote a blog about anti-racism in early years and I suppose exactly picking up on what you said I didn't know I didn't understand what the reaction was going to be from that but also Um, I wanted to make sure that it was more than just a blog. It was more than just a social media post that my my words turned into actions and I did something about it. But also, I don't know what that is going to be like and how are we going to kind of work? How how do we go about it? But my starting point, for me was this dawning realization that we were doing a podcast talking about mental health trying to encourage people to talk about language and terminology and every day I deliver training normally saying to people you know the only time you can ever get it wrong is if you don't do anything Mm -hmm. and I realized I was I was in that uncomfortable group of I wasn't doing anything because I was scared and I didn't want to say the wrong thing and I think then that that really challenged me to to actually understand and
1: learn more. Yeah, I, like, I totally relate to that. I think for me, it was some of those, some of my kind of uncomfortable reflections was that it, almost acknowledging my own self-centeredness and going, I spend so much of my life thinking about issues that directly impact on me. I advocate, so obviously my role is within special educational needs. I'm I'm very invested in advocating for vulnerable groups. and um, But there was such like a tunnel vision with that of like, well that that's you know I'm doing that and that's enough and then almost recognizing God there's such a a self-centeredness in that and this willful ignorance of well if it doesn't affect me so even George Floyd when it first happened feeling horrified yet creating that disconnect between myself and, and this is what shows the power of social media. Even though I was like, okay, everyone's putting all these posts up and sharing all these things. I, I, I think I took for granted how powerful that's actually been impacting um, that that feeling of willful ignorance and going, actually, we need to, to really be proactive in opening up spaces for more voices, actually looking at representation and challenging our own narratives and and again challenging the world revolves around me and my issues um so it's i don't really know what to do at the moment with all that information but i know i want to do something with it and i want to um just recognize my own my own faults within that situation my own faults within privilege um so yeah it's just weird isn't it it's it's been a a weird I think we all need therapy after last week to really unpick some of those those kind of thoughts it's like unraveling isn't it it's unraveling the string and going my god it just keeps coming out there's more and more that I'm I'm reflecting on and I've had so many in-depth conversations with my husband being like oh and all these things are coming back to me in terms of my own career or my personal life where did I do the right thing? And and I think the most important things that you learn from your mistakes, you know, um, they say success is thousands upon thousands of mistakes. So it's time to kind of now make that difference. Absolutely. And I think pick up on that word that you said there was privilege.
0: I think for me, that unraveling centered around understanding white privilege because mm-hmm. I felt uncomfortable with that word. Um... Uh, understanding that because of my white privilege i think i think i've had conversations with people this week and they say well if, how can you not see color because i i wrote in the blog about you know color being colorblind in terms of i so want to treat everyone equally and be inclusive with my practice not just my practice but how i treat humans in my everyday life and and i'm so inclusive that i don't even notice that the color of your skin is different that type thing so because i want us to be the same and have that equal footing i'm not going to notice it and not realizing that actually the experiences that people of color have have you know, endured all of their life due to white privilege, white supremacy, all of these different things, which I'm now understanding, but just means by that very de- definition that things are different for them. And so then it is that unraveling of those conversations. So what does white privilege mean? I know this is when people start to get uncomfortable. Well, what do you mean white privilege? And I think, you know, I've been listening to this book about me and white supremacy by Layla F. Sard, which I'll probably continue to mention all the time. But, you know, one of the things that she kind of talks about is like, why now? Why are you understanding this now? What? Why is it taking you this long? And I think that is uncomfortable for lots of people. Why have I managed to learn so many things in the past couple of weeks that I should have known years and years ago? And I think it's unpicking and understanding, you know, I suppose almost like what life has been been like because if you haven't and we've talked about our mental health issues so you know my parents divorced at 11 that clearly had a massive impact you know when i'm understanding white white supremacy and almost white superiority and racism racism exists between races Uh, races, uh, and white supremacy and superiority exists among white people and so being you know a child of parents who got divorced and you know being on the end of white superiority in some very tiny it affected my self-esteem I think I'm unpicking all these reasons why I've never never explored these things before because I didn't think I didn't think I was privileged does that make sense how could I not understand that
1: yeah, like, I think that's, I did that, um, gosh, I did it about a year and a half ago, you know, they had the white privilege um, questionnaires going around, you could do them on the internet and stuff. And I remember completing it at the time and being like, oh, yeah, I definitely scored high on that, I, you know, I am privileged. But it's really hard, isn't it? Because the term itself suggests that you are in a more advantageous position and the whole purpose of white privilege is to acknowledge that you may have your own specific adversity but it is the actual experience of racism isn't it is a specific adversity on its own so we're not I think it's we're not diminishing your individual experience we're not taking away the things that you have fought through and the things that you've survived but we're acknowledging that there is a, a, a different type of adversity that doesn't impact you on your, in your everyday life. And I think that that is the distinction. That's it. But I think the term privilege does make people suddenly go, oh, were you suggesting that my life's been easy? No, we're not suggesting that at all. But imagine having this other layer that you are trying to work through. And, and I think you said something earlier on about, um, about uh, you know, why now? I think for me, it's there's definitely a why now, but then I've been asking myself, when did the discomfort with racism start? Because it started, I think a lot of people would say, the discomfort's been there for quite a while. Me actually putting it into a space and talking about it and acknowledging it, it, it is why now. But I, and that's what I've been reflecting on recently is I remember this happening or I remember that happening and feeling a distinct discomfort, but did I do enough? And I, I think you know regret is is not useful but it does make you go why didn't I do more so why now is because now it's time for us to do more absolutely it is and I
0: think that as we've said we wanted we what we said to each other last week actually we said it on voice notes we were like oh you know this is never going to be a podcast because actually you know what it's uncomfortable for one reason but who are we to speak to to speak out, like there was all sorts of things that stemmed from that. And then I think as the week went on, we were kind of like, no, actually this has got to be a podcast, and how can we reach out to people who have experienced um, racism, who are trying to raise awareness of diversity and inclusion and really understand what that means rather than it being kind of token gestures. So so that is, you know, we've done this introductory podcast to kind of set the scene as to how this kind of came up, how these conversations arrived. And really our intention for this is to, um, it's our own vulnerability, it's our own learning through this, isn't it? But it's also hopefully enabling other people to create safe spaces for themselves, to explore and challenge conversations, everyone right now I feel strongly everyone needs to look at their practice or look at their behaviors look at what is happening for them it's you know if the terminology we've used white privilege feels uncomfortable to you or white superiority feels uncomfortable to you then the next podcast where we talk about unconscious bias and white fragility and all sorts of other topics dig deep and feel the uncomfortableness and maybe hopefully we can all learn stuff together because we don't know we're seeking answers we're seeking to learn we're seeking to understand aren't we
1: yeah and I think we should give a disclaimer one of the things we were laughing about in the, the voice notes the other week is every voice note we sent to each other we'd go like I eh, mean eh, 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 eh. we like oh my God, we can't even get sentences out because we're so uncomfortable by venturing into those those uncomfortable zones so you'll probably hear more of that as these go on but that is a sign I, I took it last week when we were kind of like we can't even get a sentence out yet because your brain's suddenly trying to catch up with itself so um I'm I'm really glad that we did go actually let's do a podcast and let's go let's venture where it's uncomfortable because that's you know what is that um saying about comfort zones beyond beyond your comfort zone is something something i'm all for the quotes today i don't know what's happened to me. I, i've been like that with quotes actually um you know all sorts of different
0: things I, I, and my, i think you know there's just so many things that we want to say and so many things that we want to discuss so like the previous podcast we hope people reach out share their thoughts feelings and views with us um you know we we just want to you know uh, begin some um, conversations that that we haven't had before or we haven't heard before um, and if we should have heard them then we should have you know you know it's almost like we should have done better we should have known better um, but we want to we want to hopefully open up some uh, meaningful and and positive conversations to take steps and actions for change really. So, um, it's been great chatting with you. Um, if people haven't read the blog that I'm talking about, it is on my website It's called anti-racism in the early years. But the reason I'm mentioning it here is that, um, at the end of it, there was all sorts of different references and links to different websites that people can further read um, and seek more information. And throughout the series of podcasts that we're going to put together, we're we're going to signpost you to some of those. And um, so, you know, and again, we're trying to seek out books, articles, information, um, you know, that can inform our practice for us to see what work has already been done on diversity, what work around racism and anti-racism within early years is already out there. um, and, and, you know, bring that together. So, so thanks Kerry.
1: No worries. Speak to you soon.